Well, good morning, everybody. Um, if you don't know us, this is uh, our, well, one of our last Sundays. We are uh, Alan and Lindsay Motes. Um, we've been here a long time. Is that right? You even, yes. Um, had the privilege of being in this amazing house. And I don't want to linger too long on this part. I'm going to jump in the sermon. But uh, Pastor Church gave us the opportunity to preach today and continue in the Exponential Series as well as share some other thoughts in our hearts. Um, so I'm going to jump right in. You know, it's been a, well, it's been a, even last night as we were thinking again through this, um, God started bringing me back. Oh, this is off notes, so I'm already channeling my inner Pastor Rich right now. Uh, <laughs> just thinking back to when I showed up here 12 plus years ago. Lindsay's been here, not 18? Yeah. Done children's, youth, helped with worship, done missions, men's, women's, campus, the list goes on, and um, it's, it's always an amazing thing, though, to get to teach and preach the gospel, and no matter what setting you're in. And um, I never have taken that lightly, the opportunity to be able to do that. So thank you guys for um, letting us have the chance one last time to, to preach while we're here at Grace Point. Um, so I could say more. I'm going to move to the notes. That will help. This is the final week of the Exponential Series, okay? It was a three-week thing. We had a little standalone from Mother's Day last weekend, and this is the last one. Today is called Exponential Reward. Now, the goal of the series was to bring understanding and belief that God has a different economy than we do and that his ways are higher than ours. And when you join into the work God is doing, which I would just say is really the advances of his kingdom through the gospel, Whatever that looks like, we're advancing the kingdom and it's through the gospel, then you're joining into his work. He can and will multiply it into something exponential. I looked at the definition of exponential. It says becoming more and more rapid. That's really cool. Kind of like the idea when they say something is rising at an exponential rate. It's just becoming more and more rapid. That's what we're talking about today, the kind of exponential growth we want to see with the Lord. We're going, when we're generous with our time, our energy, our money, and talents, God can cause them to affect more people than we could ever imagine. So today we're talking about exponential reward. And yes, there is a reward that comes from serving the Lord. And no, this is not some kooky health and wealth gospel I'm going to talk to you about. This, nor am I saying that we should be prideful or spoiled, acting like God owes me something. Because he doesn't. If we, we, he deserves us to serve him for the rest of our lives, even if he gave you nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's just the truth of it. But he's not like that. He's this amazing good father who gives us way more reward than we ever could deserve. So I hope, though, that in this that we can model Jesus because he seemed to understand that balance between I know who my father says I am, I know what to expect that he's going to give, but it was always in this posture of humility, um, which is so good. Let's pray as we get started. God, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. We thank you for Jesus. Because he is the model of everything, the ultimate disciple, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, for time's sake, we're going to go quick. We're going to be in Matthew 25, verse 14 through 30. I'm just going to read this. For it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted them to his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away, and he who had received five talents went at once and traded with them and made five talents more. So... Also, he who had two talents made two talents more, but he who had received the one talent went and dug it in, in the ground and hid his master's money. 
Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also who had the two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made you two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also who had received the one talent came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours, But his master answered him, you wicked and slothful or lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown, gather where I've scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. At my coming, I should have received what was mine own, my own with interest. So take this talent from him and give it to the one who has 10. For to everyone who who has will be given more and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast his worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. All right. Hard into that passage, right? They're like, what is going on here? Um, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to not focus on every part of that. I want to focus in on a few key things. There's so much you could teach out of this. You know, that's the cool thing about the Bible. Endless layers of principles and lessons. But I don't want to focus on the amounts each of them received or the amounts they made. I think that's what gets the most focus sometimes. It's like, oh, he got this and that guy, had, he made this much. And so, you know, you know we get into the, what does all that mean? And to take away from the one who ha- has not and give it to the one who has more. And let's do this. Let's focus instead on the servant who, do, let's, let's focus on the reward. Because today's right, exponential reward. Notice the servant who produced five more and the one who produced two more received the exact same reward. It had nothing to do with how much success they had. Both were told, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. In fact, the fruitfulness is clearly not what Jesus is concerned about here. Because in verse 27, the master says to the third servant, then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. I had overlooked this verse most of my life thinking, duh, yeah, he could have at least done that. Right? I mean, I never really, I never pondered why is this statement here. Why is this in the parable? I think this verse is showing us this, that it, it was about the, if it was about the profit the servants made, the interest that one could have received would have been so small, the master would have, not, would have been still mad because that would not have been enough. Oh, you made me a few bucks? Come on. However, what the master is upset about is the fact that the servant didn't do anything. What he was saying was at least you could have done this, which would have been some level of faithfulness. He would have been some level of faithfulness. He would have done something. He wasn't faithful with what he had been given by the master. So let me jump right into some observations off this. Three major points are going to be on the screen. Number one, faithfulness follows, or sorry, fruitfulness follows faithfulness. It is not up to us to, to produce the fruit, but to be faithful. And as disciples, we are not faithful to gain a reward. 
We are faithful because he was faithful to us and changed us. That while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me, and it changed everything. When we have a problem getting people to serve or go to discipleship groups or anything this church does or any church does in our country, giving financially, whatever, it's not a problem with that actual thing. It's a lack of understanding of the gospel. Because when I really understand the greatness of my debt, the magnitude of his provision, what he's done for me, nothing he can ask of me is too great. Right? I'm called to be faithful because he was faithful to me. Right? Now, I could go on and on with that. When we forget this, we begin to work for the temporary, for ourselves only, rewards that don't fulfill or last. We'll have to not give to this because I need to save to buy this thing I want that's not going to be able to go with me in eternity. Like, the list just goes on, right? And, but if it's the Lord, there is fulfillment in what we're doing, in the faithfulness, and meaning, and ultimately, it's eternal. Right? This is Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If, let me put it over here. Um, if you then have been raised with Christ, seated, or sorry, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Man, if I'm in him and I'm in that, I want to live and be faithful for things that are going to be there and in glory with him. I want to set my mind on things above. I, wanna, I want that to be my focus. So remember, Fruitfulness will come, but it follows our faithfulness first. Make sure that our faithfulness and the reason we're doing it is for the right reasons, right? Number two, be faithful to the call God gave you. Now, this is both collective and individual. We run around trying to figure out what's the will of God for my life, and it's like, he made it very clear. Go make disciples of all nations, right? Baptize, you know, there's these, and I could go on. Jesus said a lot of key statements that the church needs to just accept as like, I have a calling, and I have purpose, and if I do this the rest of my life, the individual stuff that I want to put in my heart will all come into place. But so much of the time we wait for my thing or what has he told me to do and we don't get involved in the main thing that he's called all of us to do because he's much more concerned with the we than we, he is uh, me. It's the church. That's plan A, right? So be faithful to the call he gave you. And if you're in this church and you've been a member here or whatever, the, the call he gave you is to serve this house and reach the city and the, you know, anything the pastors and leaders say, hey, this is where we're going, this is the vision. And there's other things he's going to speak individually to you to do. Now, use the time talents. This goes back to the original kind of point of the series. Use the time, talents, and treasures, and you will receive reward he has for you. And it's not the amount that you have that determines the level of faithfulness we need to have. So how much talent you have, it's not how much treasure you have. What you have in your hand does not determine the level of faithfulness. We all are called to the full amount of faithfulness, whatever he's given to us. That's why the five gained five more, the two made two more, and the one should have made one more. But he didn't. He didn't use it. Be faithful with that. And it doesn't have anything to do with reward. Remember, the servant with five and the one that had two got the same reward. The key is that, that he did, they did something, did not quit. Years ago, for time's sake, I need to speed up because we got multiple parts we're doing. But a few years ago, I was on campus um, when I was regional director, I was at a university in our state, and one of the directors asked me, Alan, why do you think you guys have been so successful with the campus ministries there? And honestly, my deep answer that came out, it's real deep, it's because I failed so much. <laughs> that was the first thought that came to my mind. I was like, because we failed so much. And then I was like, Lord, what does that mean? And he goes, because if you're failing, it means you're trying something. You guys were going for it. And honestly, we had tons of the, but we kept learning from it and not quitting. And therefore, it led to fruitful, the faithfulness led to lots of fruitfulness. 
And you guys have amazing campus ministers here that were like freshmen when we started this. And who knew? They never thought they'd be doing this. Like the list just goes on and on. There's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of students have come through this church who are living for God all across this nation and world because we didn't quit. And it wasn't because we were super wise or had it all figured out. I mean, I mean our staff meetings was just to us in the beginning. I mean, we look at you like, you know what to do? I don't. Uh, like, let's go preach the gospel, make disciples. Uh, let's just go, you know. And so I'll move on. Now, last point. Pleasing God is our exponential reward. Your reward is really the pleasure of your master. The joy, as it talks about in some translations, like the joy, enter the joy of your master. The reward and blessing is walking with God every day in his pleasure and joy. There is no greater place to be than in the middle of God's will. Doesn't mean it's always easy or happy, but joy supersedes all of that. In fact, another part of the reward in the parable that I didn't talk about yet was, you have been faithful over a little, I'll set you over much. I don't know if they were excited about that part, right? Part of reward is more work and responsibility, right? I think that's why some people don't want to do it. It's like, I can't, I can't be faithful because they're going to give me more to be faithful with. Yes, that's how it works. You trust faithful people. <laughs> it's just the truth of it, right? It leads to more responsibility. How, Jesus is like, how do you like me now? You're, part of your, the reward is more work, right? Part of the benefit and reward of your faithfulness is promotion. It means more work. It may mean harder, but it come, that's just what comes with more trust. And more responsibility given to you. Really it's, really, it's more chances to work with him and experience his joy. Honestly. Jesus said in John 4.34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. This is when we will find true purpose. If that's my heart, I'm going to say we want to model Jesus, you'll see exponential reward. You will. Um, quick side note. Without these perspectives, you won't properly understand blessings and rewards. That's a whole other lesson you could talk about, but, and especially when you see others receive them, you'll be jealous or selfish or the list goes on. So fruit, fruitfulness follows faithfulness. Be faithful to the call God gave you. Be, pleasing God is our exponential reward. I'm going to kind of give a question here that will transition to Lindsay. The, sir, the third servant, it's going to be on the screen, was asking what if. The first two were asking why not. What if I don't earn anything? What if I don't have what it takes? What if I lose it all? Right? Those are maybe some of the what if questions he was asking. What if I fail? And so that fear in verse 25, we see that fear really gripped that third man who was given the one talent. It says he was afraid. So he went off, he dug a hole, and he buried it. And, you know, it's easy for us to read the Bible and think, oh, I wouldn't have done that. That's, that's not me. Oh, those people in the Bible, they just didn't know how to do anything. <laughs> but really, you know, fear, doubt, and un- unbelief can keep us from obeying God as well. And that happens every day in our life when, when we're scared or we think, what if God doesn't come through? What if, what if I'm not good enough? You know, just like that, that song says, I'm not enough. We have to recognize we are not enough. <laughs> it's not up to us. You know, being faithful is not about, like Alan said, it's not about how much talent God has given you. It's just about what are you going to do with it, with what he has given you. Um, So when faced with an opportunity in God's kingdom, we can be plagued with those what ifs and those why nots as well. You know, but the the biggest opposition to faith is fear. That's the only thing that, that stands in the way of us fulfilling everything that God wants us to do. You know, fear says, what if I fail? 
What if I go broke? And what fear sees, fear sees, well, why not? Obstacles, impossibility, shortcomings. Does anybody ever else see those things in your life where it just seems impossible? Nothing's ever going to change. It's always going to be this way. I'm always going to fall short. They're always going to fall short. You know, that's what fear sees, just all those things that, that make you think it's impossible. But faith, here's what faith believes. Faith believes, what if God comes through? What if God provides? What if he does? What if he doesn't? What if he does? <laughs> you know, faith believes God's power. It doesn't look at the, the obstacles. It believes God's power. It believes God's faithfulness and God's knowledge. You know, what if I don't know enough? What if, wh- why not? God does. He knows. Why not? <laughs> so I want us to be able to, to start to shift those questions of the what ifs and the why nots in our life to what if? What if God really does something? What if you really believe him and he really does move? What if he really does a miracle? Why not? You're, why not? This is an amazing church. Why can't God grow this church? Why not? Why can't we believe that he wants to do something more than we can see with our eyes? You know, there's there's only a handful of people at this church that that have been here longer than I have. I came to Abilene as a freshman in 2000, a long time ago, got connected to this church in 2001, and there's, a, there's just a handful of us who've been there that long that have seen people come and go, but God loves this church. He has a plan for this church. Regardless of what we see with our eyes, I believe that this church is in the middle of the city for a reason. Okay, I'll move on because I don't want to get emotional. <laughs> So um, in Mark 9, I want to go to to Mark 9, we read of a dad who was forced with an impossible situation with his son. The son was unable to speak, and he suffered from seizures caused by demonic oppression. Now, if that's not an impossible situation, I don't know what is. (laughs) Some of us in this room have had situations with our kids that seem impossible, right? Um, So he went to Jesus, and he said, if you can do anything, just have mercy on us and help us, if, if you can. So Jesus in Mark 9, 23 says, if you can, light was created. If I can, he says everything, but get this, he says everything is possible for the one who believes. Yeah. Belief. What if God is waiting for you to say, why not? Why not me? Why not you? Why not you be the one that God is going to work through to speak to somebody's life? Why not you be the one that God wants to use to, to step out and do whatever it is that you feel like he's calling you? Why not you? So why not step out and take a risk? Why not believe his word more than your circumstances? Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's the whole reason why I am where I am is just because I believed one little verse in the Bible that says, he who began a good work in you is faithful to see it to completion because there wasn't anything in me that that when I came here Pesterich knows he's the one person that that probably that the reason why I am where I am because he saw something in me when there was nothing to see (laughs) he saw the gift and the call of God in my life before I even knew there was a gift or a call of God and so when people point those things out or 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 you get a, you get a glimpse of a, of a hope of the promise of God, and you just choose to say, yeah, what if that's true? What if that's true? 
Not, well, I don't, I don't measure up. I could never do that. I could never be that way. I could never be like them. They have so much more. What if his word really is true? What if he really has started something in you and he will be the one to see it to completion? So we have to start, we have to stop believing the lie of fear and start believing the God who raises the dead, the God who heals the sick, forgives our sin, finds the lost, redeems the stolen, and frees the captive. And Isaiah 40, well, I'm not sure if it's 40 or 41 because I forgot to write it down. But mm-hmm. Isaiah 40, it says, do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He won't grow tired or weary. His understanding nobody can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord mm-hmm. will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I wanted to share a couple of of just key lessons that I feel like has really shaped me the almost 18 years I've been here at this church. The first one is in Psalm 92, verse 12 through 13. It says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of your God. When you find your people, you find your destiny. And that's what happened with me. That I, I found this church, God planted me here, and I was either, I was probably just naive enough to just stay. <laughs> you know? But so often what I've seen in this city is people come, they dip their toe in, And then they decide, oh, that looks better over there. Or, oh, man, the grass, it's so nice over there. The grass looks good over there. The grass is never greener. (laughs) Grass is grass. (laughs) So I I just, if that's one thing that I wish that people get get a hold of, is that if you just plant in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish. If you plant, you will be fed. If you plant, you will receive everything you need. I just, I just happen to believe that because that's what God's word says. If we just believe what he says, it will come to pass. Hebrews 10, 23, starting there, and then we'll kind of, I'm just going to kind of jump down through the verses. It says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. So don't throw away your confidence. That's verse 35. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. But we are not of those who shrink back mm. and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. There's not really anything special about Alan or I. Like, we're just people, just like you. We have arguments in our marriage, just like you. We get upset at our kids, just like y'all. <laughs> we lose our patience. We lose our, temper, we lose our temper. There's really nothing special about us. We chose to believe, though. Even in the hard times, we still choose to believe that God's word is true, that he's faithful, that he is who he says he is. Even in the midst of everything in our life that looks like, (laughs) that just doesn't line up with what what we think it should look like. Um, And we've, we've chosen to believe that God does have a plan and a purpose for our life. We don't you know, always know what that is, and we definitely don't know how that's going to come to pass, but we just choose to believe it. 
And the other thing is we, we didn't give up. Like Alan said, we just failed a lot. We just kept going. <laughs> there were plenty, there's been plenty of times along the way, and I'm sure there'll be plenty more where we're faced with that, that fear or that, um, just that feeling of like, oh, it'd just be so much easier to quit. Just quit. Just give up. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. There's been so many times we want, we've been faced with that, a feeling like, man, why don't I just quit? Life would be so much easier if we weren't in ministry. <laughs> it might be, but we'd miss out on that exponential reward of pleasing God. So we stayed planted in this house, even when it was hard, even when we were offended or hurt or mad or, or whatever it was, we stayed. Because the word says that when you're planted in the house of the Lord, you will flourish. Belief in God's word and his ability and remaining faithful will bring us all to the place of the exponential reward. So when I read the parable of the talents, really it's a story about our faithfulness with what God has given us. Um, In my study Bible, there's a note in that passage that says, being ready for Christ's coming involves more than playing it safe. Because hmm. that parable of the talents, what Jesus is talking about in that whole, that whole chapter in the chapter before, is he's talking about his second coming. He's talking to the disciples about, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to come back someday. And that still applies for us. He's going to come back someday. So that's the, the context of this parable. So, being ready for him coming back involves more than just playing it safe, mm-hmm. than, than just sitting back and digging a hole and hiding your talent in it and doing nothing. The note says it demands the kind of service that produces results. So even if it's just going to the bank and putting it on loan for interest, we've got to do something. We've got to take a risk. We've got to do something more than just digging a hole and burying it because we're scared. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, you know, Alan's talking about the, the pleasing God is our exponential reward. Well, you can't please God without faith. Yeah. We can't. We have to believe. We have to trust his word more than what we see with our eyes, more than our circumstances dictate, more than the dysfunction of our relationships more than the bad decisions of our kids we have to trust God's word and when we cling to his word when we cling to his promises when we cling to what he said that is faith and that's what pleases God so how do we please God by believing him just by having faith so now Alan and I as a as a family we have this opportunity to step out in faith make the biggest decision of our our marriage um, by moving to Denver, Colorado to be part of the new Every Nation church plant called Hope Valley. And and it it definitely is a scary decision because I've been in Abilene for literally over half my life now. (laughs) And it's nice here. I like it here. I know what to expect here. I have a, our kids have a great school here. We've got friends here. We've got pastors and leaders who love us, who have high integrity, high character, and we can trust them. We like it here. There's no traffic here. <laughs> so, you know, 
I hear people come in and out of Abilene a lot like, oh, Abilene's so boring. There's nothing to do here. There's nothing in Abilene. It's so boring. Abilene is the greatest place to live. <laughs> it's a great place to live, you know. When I came as a student to ACU, I said, I'll never stay in Texas. I'll never say y'all. You guys have to be careful for those nevers because never say never. <laughs> the Lord has a funny way of uh, saying, oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, we like Abilene. I've, wanted, I've, I've, I've said many times I could be perfectly happy staying here for the rest of our life because we love it, and we were planted here. And we were planted here. But um, in the fall, God kind of started to shift some things and do some different things that we started to say, huh, maybe, maybe, maybe we're supposed to be looking for the next season. Maybe we're supposed to be asking questions about what he's telling us to do. Alan, for years, ever since we started in campus ministry, he's used this imagery of, you know, an ostrich when an ostrich puts its head in the sand. Anybody familiar? Okay. So... The reason why they actually do that, I read up a little bit, is because they're, they dig a hole for their eggs, and they keep their eggs safe and warm by putting their head in the sand. But, but we've always used it as an image for, you know, we're going to plant, we're, basically we're going to keep our head buried. We're not going to be looking around for the next opportunity. We're not going to be looking around for the next place, the next season, the next step, the next promotion, the next position. We're going to be right where God's told us to be. And we'll know when it's time to move because he's going to pick up our head and look at us and say, Go. And so that's what we've done the whole time we've been in Abilene. You know, there's been opportunities where people have thought, oh, you should go here, you should do this, you should do that. And at times, you know, when the grass doesn't seem so green here, we, we would maybe look at those opportunities and entertain them. But we still knew that wasn't God picking up his head and saying go. But in the fall, it was kind of like the Lord started to turn our heads and say go. <laughs> and, it's, and then it's scary. <laughs> Because it's like you got to leave your little hole and go somewhere that is, is farther away, is a lot more expensive, is a lot more, just a lot more than the safe little Abilene that we, we've come to grow, like just growing in love. But um, all that to say, we're stepping out in faith. We want you guys to join your faith with us by sending us and being with us on the journey of, of going and planning a church in a place uh, of Denver, Colorado. And Alan's going to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, man, there's so much there you were talking about. Golly. Uh, okay, so I was telling Pastor Rich one day we were meeting, and I said, I think Pastor David, the, the pastor of the plant, trusts us to come because we've been here so long. I honestly believe one of the main reasons he's like, yeah, Alan Lindsay, not because we had a great resume, not because we started all these campus chapters, been regional directors, and all these different things, whatever. Run conferences, retreats, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mission trips. He was like, you've been there 12 years. She's been there 18. Okay, you can come. Because <laughs> what does that say? You're someone who's not going to leave when it's hard, and you're going to plant. I'm like, yeah. And I didn't realize that till later. So there's power in that. Anyways, moving on. I'm going to talk a little bit about the church itself. The uh, vision statement of Hope Valley Church is to bring people who are far from God near to him by inspiring a city to know, trust, and follow Jesus. Now, um, she's already talked about this. We're excited to be a part of this. We're excited to trust God that he's sending us for a specific purpose. Um, and wouldn't you know, in typical Every Nation style, we're not planning in the easy spot. 
Uh, they didn't go like, hey, let's go to that really conservative suburban part of Colorado Springs. You know, we're going right into North Downtown, which what missionaries call, there's a donut effect in Denver, where the donut is, is there still enough vibrant churches, places reaching in a certain percentage of the neighborhoods and community and whatever parts of the, there's the metro area, um, all the suburbs and all. It's kind of like Dallas Metroplex. There's just tons of cities. Um, are going to churches. But in the whole, there's a spot where they're basically calling completely like post-churched, post-Christian. Almost no, no one's ever graced the door. They probably know who Jesus is. That might be the extent. That's where we're planning. Uh, <laughs> we're going right in there. Abilene to that. All right, so, um, <clears throat> you know, um, but it's, you know, Pastor Richard and I have talked about this. There's a long history of this church sending leaders out to go do things for God. And we're, we're honored just to be the next, per, next people that are part of that history, part of that legacy, to be sent out of, from here. And um, years ago, maybe this will be a nugget. I don't have this on here. Our national director told us when we were going through a moment, and he was talking to us, he goes, Alan, you don't ever want to leave a place you want to be sent. And he said, you need to, I'm not letting you figure, think about anything else until you get to a good enough place that you actually will be sent and not just try to leave. And I was like, oh, man. Uh, it was one of my mini spankings. Um, so I was looking back. And we weren't actually trying to leave quick. It was just me venting, and he used, always used the opportunity to check me. So, um, but it's an honor to be sent. Um, this this pet church plan is being led by Pastor David and Megan Hermes out of Chantilly, Virginia. Um, there's a really successful, amazing churches up there called Grace Covenant Church. Some of you might have heard Pastor Brett Fuller. He's one of the leaders of our North American churches in every nation. This was their commissioning Sunday in, in Chantilly. That is the team that's in Virginia that's going. Um, and you can see in the picture behind, be, on the slide behind them, there's a bunch of random photos. Like we're in the top right of those. They put everyone else up who's going um, for other random spots around the country. And the whole list of the, the, the team, uh, Megan and, and David are in the middle there. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty awesome to see how the Lord, most of these people are not full-time missionaries or ministers. Most of these are just regular church member types who felt a call to go and they're looking for jobs there or transferring or whatever and they're going to go get on the ground with us and minister and reach a city, right? Um, there's even a couple praying about coming from South Africa. Now, you want to talk about a move. Texas to there is not that bad. Um, so our role and responsibilities of the church are kind of be kind of a hybrid. We're going to have a local church duty. Um, you know, Pastor Rich has been talking about is church planning part of your future. We don't know for sure, but this will be a great chance to figure that out. Um, do we want to lead one or not? Uh, we'll know after this, I'm sure. So we're looking forward to helping reach the city, helping the church, whatever, because church plants are all hands on deck, whatever's needed. Um, we won't get to have installed systems. We'll be setting it up every week. Yay. Um, I think that's why they want me to come, because I know how to do that. No. Um, we're going to be back on campuses. Um, and we're going to continue. Some of you don't know this, but we have the opportunity. We coach staff across the nation as they're working through and raising their partnership team. So we're going to continue coaching. We're going to be back on campus. We're going to be helping the church. Um, I already showed the picture there. There's um, um, 20 from Virginia-ish, not including their children, going. Um, two full-time campus missionaries are going. Um, I only see the one of them. Dan Lee, he's on the far left. So we got two young guys that have been, like, in the game about three years going, and we're looking forward to us old 10-year fogies figuring out how to help them um, and serve them, not just going and be like, hey, we know, because I don't know if I know there. Um, so we'll figure it out as we go. Um, we're starting the camp, Every Nation Campus chapters this August. Um, yeah. That's another Every Nation style. Right away, go reach the campus. That's um, how we do it. Now, um, a couple quick facts about Denver. Denver has over 90,000 college students. 
uh, that are vastly underreached by the gospel and the metro area. That's not including up in Boulder at CU or in Colorado State in Fort Collins. Denver's one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S. Denver's the largest city for 500 miles and the capital of Colorado. We know that. Um, Denver's considered the most, this is interesting, throw this out, most healthy city as well as one of the most educated cities in the U.S. Um, so we'll have to up our game on all those things. Um, the Auraria campus, so this is a very unique situation. The Auraria is a 150-acre um, area in downtown Denver comprised of three schools, Metro State University, University of Colorado Denver, and Community College of Denver. They share the campus. They each have their own buildings, but they share like general purpose buildings like Campus Center. And so on one campus, you're getting to talk to three universities at once. It's really amazing. Um, tons of students on this campus. Um, they've increased their on-campus housing. It's not just commuter um, anymore. Um, and then we've got eyes to go to DU, which is about 15 minutes away, Denver University, and eventually up to Boulder and everywhere else. Um, the student population is very diverse, which is awesome. There's a vibrant campus life, which is awesome. Um, and we're excited about that. With almost 20,000 undergrads, this is an interesting stat about Metro State. I'm just throwing this out because we could throw stats. But let me give you a cool connection here. Metro State is, mo is the most affordable large state college in you know, large state university in Colorado. Um, and therefore, it's just a ripe harvest field. But here's what they boast on their own homepage. Transforming lives, impacting the world, making a difference. That's the mission statement for Metro State. And Lindsay had written this in one of our newsletters we send to parts. It's obvious how much the world has put their hope in humans' ability to make their world better. With the start of an ENC chapter this fall, the truth will be proclaimed that Jesus is actually the only one that can transform lives. It will bring new meaning to that mission statement for this school. Um, so we're excited about getting to do that. Now, in the, outside the double doors here, there's a, at the table right there, We've got a couple different things. We'd love for you to stop by and pick it up. One, we've got what they call social media. They're called social media cards. Our website for Hope Valley has not gone live yet, but um, please pick one of those up and follow everything we've got. Um, the more you guys can do that, the more it ups our web traffic and gets us faster on searches in the area as we start to reach the city. People can find us quicker, things like that. Plus, it'd be a great way for you to keep in the loop. Um, um, we, would also, we also write a newsletter every month. If you want to know about that, you know, we post it out. You can subscribe to it. We can send it to you. Um, ways to stay in touch because you guys are sending us, and this isn't goodbye. We want Grace Point to be very much a part. I know that's Pastor Rich and John's heart, to be very much a part of what's happening in Hope Valley. Um, we've got some Every Nation brochures out there, just year in review stuff, extra things. If you've never seen, it's got cool stories about stuff going on around the country, nation, world. Um, we've, got, we've got some prayer cards. There's these little square prayer cards that we printed out with our family's picture on it, just kind of thing to throw in your fridge. Fridge is the best box. People go there a lot. Um, you see us. You pray for us. We love it. Um, um, actually, the photo written may have a picture of our family if you throw that up. That's what's on the card. We took that at Hardin Simmons the day we were over there. Um, so please grab one of those. Also in the back are partnership cards. Now, um, when you look at that one, please ignore the extremely old photo. Davin in that picture is about the age of Caleb. Um, we, had, we were going to print something new, and we found all these old ones. like, let's use these. Um, and it's kind of cool to look back. There was just the three of us then. Um, and that was, well, we had, yeah, there's so much I go in there. Um, but on that, there's a place if you, you could fill out your info if you want to partner, think about partnering with us financially um, through prayer or simply you just want us to get in contact with you and learn more. You can just check that and put your name on there, and we'll hit you up and have a chance to talk to you individually. Um, but we would love for that. Um, 
And the stuff will be at the party. At, there's a party after second service. That stuff will be there as well if you want to grab it then. Um, I'm going to close with this thought, and then I'm going to put Pastor Rich on the spot. Um, we were able to follow God's call to Denver as missionaries because of partners who send us. For all of you who are already partners with us, thank you for, can, for continuing to advance the kingdom with us and see the gospel preached on college campuses across the nation. We're excited to have you on the journey with us. I'm just reading this so I don't cry. And thank you for anyone who is praying and considering partnering with us. It's always an honor. Um, Pastor Rich, um, man, I don't have time because we're running out. But I want to say this as, before you come up. I, I was thinking of Josh Lai, something he said on his way out. He said, I don't always agree with Pastor Rich on everything, but I never question his heart. I can tell you guys without a question, that has been my case here. Pastor Rich and Donna have some of the highest integrity and character of any people I've ever met in my entire life. They have become second parents to us, have loved us, taken care of us, discipled us. They are leaders you want to follow. The enemy, I don't know what it is about this church, wants to drive wedges and make disunity because he knows if we're unified, it will, it will just, he can mess us up. But with, if we're unified, this church can change the world. And I know Pastor Rich and I, most of the time when we were ever upset each other, we just sit down and talk. We'd always come out of that room with more love for each other and the enemy's whatever device he's trying to do destroyed. So trust these people, follow them, serve them. And John and Suzette are amazing too. They're, the same things could be said about them. They're just not like moms and dad to us. They're more like brothers and sisters. Um, they call me their brother, so I, I feel cool. Um, um, I just echo Alan's thanks to all of our partners that are, y'all are the ones sending us, so thank you. And, um, you know, Pastor Rich, we just want to honor you. Because you and Miss Donna, you're amazing. And, you know, the senior pastor doesn't really get as much recognition as the, the work and the blood and the sweat and the tears that y'all put into this church. So thank you for your just commitment to be faithful. Thank you for your um, heart to follow and obey God, even when it means that people would have the wrong impression or people would think the wrong thing, or, or not really know the truth. Thank you for your commitment to obey God more than man's opinion. And I just want y'all to know how amazing they are as people, that we trust them, we love them. And one of the things I love most about Pesterich is that he's so gracious. You're always so gracious with people, and you're so generous, and he's always about promoting others and raising others up. And he's always willing to step to the background to see others go forward. And that's an amazing, I mean, that's the mark of a, of a leader. You know, Jesus said, I, you know, I didn't come to, to be served, but to serve. And that's what Pastor Rich is, and that's what marks his leadership. And so we just want to honor you. We want to thank you for, for being our pastor. Thank you for guarding over us well, even when we didn't realize that that's what you were doing. Father, I thank you for this amazing couple. Father, I thank you. So I see they put their, plant, their roots down deep here. And Father, all the nutrients and all the things that you want to grow them with, they've received. And Father, even things they had to cut off, you cut it off and they gracefully received it. But Father, I thank you, Lord, that you raised like a, mighty, a mighty team here, God, as they go over to uh, Hope Valley Church. I thank you, Lord, for the treasure that's been in this house. Now, now it's being spent out in that house to be expanded even to a greater house. And, Father, I thank you so much for their faithfulness and their love for you and the love for your church. 
And Father, I thank you, Lord, that the transference of, them, of the love of the gospel will come to our congregation, Father. And Father, I thank you right now for the things that you have informed around them and behind them. You cover them. You bless them. And Father, I thank you they never grow weary. They always grow towards you. So they'll stay firm and they'll stay stable under your tutelage. Holy Spirit, you come and bless them, Father. A work well done. This parable is just for them. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over little. Now I'm going to give you be faithful over much. And Father, it's not the first time they'll hear this. They'll hear more and more and more. So Father, I thank you that those who walk by your by your word, not by our worries. So bless them this morning. We praise you, glorify you. Thank you for the amazing years we've had together and we will have together. Father, I thank you for family. Lord, there's never goodbye. Just see you later at the next conference. See you later at the next, next thing that we always get together for. So I thank you for this superstar couple. They are the heroes. I thank you, Lord God. They are the heroes. And they're going to be making heroes who will be making heroes who will be making heroes. We bless you today. Your love and grace be upon them today and all they do as we finish up this, this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You guys give them along. Come on, give them a roar and a hand clap.